Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tanika Charles is a powerful soul singer, songwriter, and performer currently based in Toronto, Ontario. Her latest album is a wonderful one called The Gumption, and Tanika and I recently connected in Toronto for a conversation about her time living in Edmonton and Vancouver, close encounters with Jay Dilla and Slum Village, her struggles with imposter syndrome, her rise as an artist in control of her own fate, her new album The Gumption, and much more. With the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash creative control, plus in-kind support from CFRU 93.3 FM, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, this is the 478th episode of Creative Control featuring the amazing Tanika Charles with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Tanika. How are you? I'm very well. Bish, how are you? I'm well. It's nice to have you on the show. I'm very happy to be here. Now, we are in Toronto at the moment. Uh, so you live here. I do. Are you from here? I am. You're originally from Toronto. Absolutely. Now, I did some research. I try to do a little bit of research before I meet with someone. Yeah. And I, my understanding is you lived in Alberta for some time? I was raised in Alberta. Ah. Yes. But you're from here. Yes. Okay. What, how long were you in Alberta? Most of my life, my okay. family, well, Trinidadian parents yeah. uh, needed to make some money <laughs> and it was out in Alberta. And so that's why, you know, a couple of years after I was born, we moved out there. So uh, Edmonton? Yes. Okay. I, my wife is from Edmonton. Hey! So I go to Edmonton all the time. Nice. I like Edmonton. I've come to like Edmonton. Yeah. Now I go there for a couple of weeks at a time, so I'm not like overwhelmed by Edmonton. <laughs> I'm not sick of Edmonton. Right. You liked Edmonton? I did. Right. And really, the older that I got, I was like, this minus 40 business is, I had enough. Mm. Because the winters are, while beautiful, harsh. 
So yeah, I moved to Vancouver. I do tend to we we tend to travel there during the Christmas break. Oh, I don't mind it though because I bring books. I'm not really interested in going. We we do we go. I have kids, so we go tobogganing and stuff. Sure. I don't mind it as much. I like the cold uh, weather generally because I feel like I have more allure in the winter. Well, okay. I have more jackets. <laughs> I have coats. People can't see everything. Who is that? What's going yeah. on with that mysterious person? Right. In the summer, it's like shorts and a. I don't feel like I can hide. And I people... respect that, actually. <laughs> That's kind of great, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So the weather, I think, kind of appeals to me, and, and I don't mind the cold. But you left. When did you leave Edmonton? When I was younger. Younger. Yes. Okay. I, f- I find this question so funny because I, I think people often try to figure out my age. Not saying that you're that's what you're I'm trying not. to do. Um, but someone, you know, we've been doing a lot of uh, interviews with this new album this week. And it's like, okay, so how old were you when you left Edmonton? And then you moved to where for how long? And uh-huh. then, you know, so I was I was a teen when I left, like But 19. did your whole family leave? Oh, you mean from here to Edmonton? No, sorry. You well, you moved from Toronto to Edmonton when you were very young. Very young, yes. And then you, you lived, you were raised in Edmonton, yes. you were saying. But at some point you left Edmonton for Toronto. I'm trying to figure out no. what... Oh, what happened? I left Edmonton for Vancouver. Oh, as a teenager, like I was nineteen. Oh, okay. You uh, headed further west. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere there wasn't snow. Right. You wanted um, rain. I wanted the cloudy days. I wanted to be miserable every day. Vague no. <laughs> mountain snobbiness <laughs> that they have yes. out there that I find. It was. <laughs> I just. I just wanted to. I really, truly didn't want the cold, so I moved to Vancouver. Okay. And um, for school or just adventure? Well, no, actually, I was working as a visual merchandiser uh, for Banana Republic. Oh. And then they sent me to Vancouver. Okay. Not only because, like, it's, I wanted to go, but it was also another opportunity to, you know, kind of expand with uh, more stores and, right. you know, um, what was the term that they used? I can't remember this. Well, I've never heard visual merchandiser before. So I dressed mannequins. Oh. <laughs> and That was your job? Yeah. Okay. Uh, like window display. Now, there's a feeling that mannequins are kind of all the same. There's a uniformity there, but that's not true. I think there's a certain prejudice against mannequins that oh. I'd like to resolve right now. <laughs> okay. Every mannequin is its own thing, isn't it? Well, Different proportions, different personality types. Sure. Um, the ones that I'd worked with in the past were just a <laughs> box, like a square with wooden legs. So you, there oh. were no gender, you know. No he- not even a not head? Not even a head. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a headless mannequin. It's a headless mannequin. And when we advanced as a company, then we started getting, uh, you know, some arms and some legs okay. and some heads. But it was all very, well, you could actually tell male and female, but it was just. By what, the garment? By the garment yeah, and by the shape. Oh, of the, the mannequin. So vaguely curvy like curvy, rectangle. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a fascinating job on some level. It, it was amazing. And then I'd been there for several years, and uh, my manager was like, "Okay, do you, do you want to go to school or do anything else? And if there's anything that you'd like to take that kind of works with what you do right now, we'll be more than happy to pay for you to go to school." You're 19, early 20s, kind of. Is this I was in my 20s. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then I went to Emily Carr, uh, in like Emily Carr School what's, of Art. What's it's a school of art. Yeah. So you did you have that background before design, art, visual art? I, I definitely gained it when I went to school. You didn't have it before then. No, it was I, I loved it because there was a girl. I was just a sales associate. Right. But there was always this girl that was running around, and she always had clothes, and she was always steaming, and she was always doing something, and I loved that she was active. Because I would just stand in the same area and fold clothes, and it was driving me nuts. Right. So I wanted to kind of get into what she was into, and that was merchandising. Okay. Um, I th- she trained me, and then I met a few people in the in the company, and kind of just be just became um, the visual merchandiser. Yeah. Okay. So it was something that I thought I would do for a long time. I ended up leaving Banana Republic and working for several larger companies and um i was happy doing that mm. and then i met someone a friend who was is a singer and we would just kind of you know walk around vancouver singing songs that we loved and harmonizing and doing all this amazing stuff together and someone said why don't you guys form a band right so uh while out west 
I'm just giving you the whole spiel. Eh? No, like this a, is good. Yeah, okay. Because I don't know how we. I don't know how you went from visual merchandiser to singer. Okay. I don't know what your musical background is. I'm just piecing this together. Sure. So yes. giving me the whole spiel is great. Okay. So um, we would we'd formed this band, and we called ourselves Xavier Zen. Xavier Zen. Yes, X A V I A Z E N. What is the origin of that name? We have no idea. You made it up. It just sounded super cool. Okay. Yes. Okay. Three of us. We would. We, somehow we were getting random gigs in at clubs in BC. What do you mean somehow? Clearly you were good. Well, we were just kind of like doing our thing. Right. Um, we had a lot of friends who were promoters and kind of you know well known. Even to this day for, you know, some of the acts that they bring into the city. And we were asked to, you know, open up for a couple. Like, we opened up for Digital Underground. Oh, cool. Yeah. And that was an exciting experience. We ended up eating chicken wings. And you know those cans of, it's like you, it's like a spray, but it's confetti. But it's not confetti, but we, foam. Facility string or whatever it's called. Yeah, right. So, like, we didn't get paid for it, but we got a lot of chicken wings and foam. It was fascinating that's odd did you hang out with Humpty like was yes okay. it was just it was cool and um, we met a lot of people I nobody knows this story before um, I, I didn't even realize how important these guys were but we had a large condo my girlfriends and I and we our friends who were the promoters normally needed to have people stay somewhere Yeah. and so we would invite them to our house um, to stay because we had a lot of room right and Slum Village stayed with us. Wow, really? Yeah, like Dilla, Dilla was Batin, there? Wow. Yes, and I, I didn't know who they were. I really enjoyed their music, but I did not realize until recently how important. <laughs> hugely important. How hugely important wow. these guys were. Um, because we were just like, you know... So, so okay, you realize like the Airbnb this, folks kind of right early days, early days, yeah. So, in retrospect, you realize their significance. Does this get your mind tracking back to what Dilla was like? What what your interactions with Dilla were? Do you remember? No, them? it was just oh, like okay. it, I actually connected with Batin. Okay, I thought he was fascinating. I mean, he's like you know you got to talk to your plants because they can hear you and they can feel and sense everything that's happening around them. And I was like, yeah, totally. Hmm. And my, I remember my girlfriend saying, Nati, something, something's off a little bit. And I'm like, no, he's totally spiritual. He understands life, <laughs> you know? And um, then I, I, when I think about it, I'm always in shock and I keep asking said friend, like, dude, we had yeah. Dilla in our home, right. staying at our house, right. Batin at our house. Right. Insane, that, that, but but no sense memory of besides that interaction. Like it just. What do you mind me asking? What year this was? Oh my gosh, maybe ninety-nine. <laughs> okay, ninety-nine. Okay, wow. Yeah. So yeah, what well, maybe yeah. So did you play with Slum Village? No, they just stayed at our place. They just stayed at your house. Yeah. Okay, so you're getting into that's amazing. First it's, of all, that's an amazing story. I have so many. I mean. <laughs> At the same time, we don't like we don't get a sense of like Dilla, you know, what he ate, what he what he did at your house. But that's still that's incredible. Yeah, especially to realize in retrospect what was going on. Do you, yeah. So does that trigger other memories of people who stayed? Were you like, oh, remember when Tupac stayed at our house? Or yeah, something? no, like no, I think that one was the it was major for us because yeah. of how important he is now. Now, yeah, but. Again, like we were writing music and creating these songs. We had a few songs on the radio, but we did not think that this was going to be anything more than us three traipsing around the city performing. Right. So how would you characterize the music of this band that you were in at the time? Soul. It was a soul music still? Yeah, soul, R&B, yeah. Okay. So do you have any sense of how you got into soul? Was it just walking around with your friend and singing? That's it. Huh. We loved the same music. Mary J. Blige, Jill Scott, Anthony Hamilton, a little bit of hip-hop here and there, but it was just we loved singing. Yeah. And the three of us were always together. So you you wouldn't see... We were just a little crew. Right, so you would sing as much as you would converse. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it was just like, oh, there's Tanika and so-and-so, and they're going to do whatever they do, and it was just a fun time. Yeah. And that was it. 
I didn't think anything of singing. I, I just love to sing. I love to harmonize. I, I, I love performing, whether acting an ass or just being. But like being. background, like did your, were your parents into music? Did you follow music as a kid? Like did you, like it sounds like you just came into it later in life, so to speak. Well, growing up, I've told this story a million times. And I really enjoy telling this story because my father is a huge influencer on my career. Okay. And uh, on me. Okay. So we were raised listening to jazz. My older brother is a composer. He is, um, the man is ambidextrous. He plays every single instrument. He's he's completely, he's crazy talented. Hmm. Do you want to say his name? Oh, Would Rudy, Rudy Muhammad. Okay. That's my older brother, Rudy okay. Muhammad. And, uh, you know, my younger brother sings, but he's very shy. Yeah. Uh, my mom always sang around the house. But my earliest memory is my father, after dinner, we would all sit in the living room, and he would play jazz, Spiral Gyra, George Benson, um, Bob James, whoever he was into at the moment. And he would tell us, like, listen to the music, listen to the instrumentation, listen to the vocals and how rich the sounds are. Right. And that's what it was. He'd have a rum and coke and he would just enjoy listening to music. I feel like we would sit there for hours listening. But not pushed upon you. No, it's just like this is what he loved and he wanted us to enjoy music with him. But you don't pursue it per se until this happenstance moment where you're walking and singing together with no, your No, I don't pursue it until 2000. And seven. Oh, that recently. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that is a, a weird kind of arrested development in terms of <laughs> you as a singer because now, you know, we're talking because you're, uh, I mean, among other reasons, I think you're excellent oh, and I've you. enjoyed your records and I've enjoyed your performances. But that's only about 12 years as we're speaking, 12 years of development. Yeah. That's quite remarkable to be sitting on that talent and not doing something with it, you had some kind of epiphany and realized you could do it, which I want to know more about. This is where I'm probably going to get a dirty look, <laughs> but it's I still feel like I could use a lot more work. Well, I mean, you know, you, didn't, you haven't put your 10,000 hours in yet, I don't <laughs> yeah, think. You need, <laughs> need 12 years is not enough time. You're still, <laughs> that's the other thing about a practice like yours is you're learning in public all the time. All the time. Right. So that's a weird kind of pressure but also I would think it's pressure but you're also having to let go you yeah. put out a record and you're like ah that one part of that one song but oh, oh well yeah it's gone I learned from that right yes okay so that's happening to you yes okay wait is that a question no okay. just a statement <laughs> okay just a statement no I just that's but I well I mean you could follow up if you like I I'm curious if that's how you view it if you uh, you say I need a lot more work. Yes. That's a kind of self-aware tension. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I allude to this fact of uh, this idea that you also have to let go as someone who's learning in public. Are you letting go? Or are you are, are you too hard on yourself? Am I too hard on myself? Oh my gosh, it's it's a problem. You know imposter syndrome of kind of this is something that I actually fully struggle with all the time. And while I still enjoy, you know, I love singing and I love doing X, Y, and Z, but it's just, am I really this person? Is this like, am I, am I actually a singer? And is this something that I should be doing? I find it fascinating, not even fascinating, but when I hear people say that you're, you're a great singer and I love what you do, it's very difficult for me to believe and accept. Do you view your singing self, your dynamic and bold performing self as kind of this separate self? Do you view it almost objectively as like that's a persona? of that's a, a, When you're singing, when you're a performer, you have some kind of persona. It's not quite you, but it's a heightened version of you. It sounds to me like you can't, I don't know, it's weird. You separate, it sounds to me like what you're saying is you really separate yourself from Tanika Charles. The person on stage, the person in the studio. It's almost like you're floating above this person. Not like a ghost. I don't mean to spook no, you no. out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean <laughs> no, to scare no. you. I just feel like that can happen sometimes when yeah. you're establishing yourself, particularly in the realm that you're in where there's a lot of boldness 
to the performance. There's a lot of like trying to get the crowd into it. There's a lot of like energy that you got to bring up out of you every yes. night. So that's that's can be weird. You got I got to turn it on. I got to turn it on for this vocal performance. Um, you know when I when I started singing when I actually started to okay maybe I'm going to try to do this on my own instead of being a backing singer which is very comfortable because you're not the focus yeah I used to drink a lot Mm. and to settle your nerves to settle my nerves but then I would drink to a point where it's like I'm completely wasted on stage (laughs) you know like what am I doing sorry to laugh no but it's you must it's it was a real thing and at that time I'd been going through one of the many breakups that I've had in 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 life Mm. and it took a toll on me so I think the way to recover was to write and drink and perform drunk and you wouldn't believe it, but I used to wear lingerie on stage. Just lingerie? Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> why 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 was that a choice? Because it was like Ms. Charles didn't give a shit. Oh. Okay. So I was Tanika Charles over here and Ms. Charles was was the persona that came on stage. So the alter ego was Ms. Charles. Yes. Hmm. And you know, it's surprising because I, I had a manager who was like, oh, my gosh, this is fantastic. Yes, we can do this. This is what we're going to sell you on. Mm. And my rider was like Jack Daniels mm. and Coke. Coca-Cola. Yeah, Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sure, <laughs> yeah, sorry. sure, sure. <laughs> Good to clarify what Miss Charles. Sorry, soda. It so sounds like Miss Charles has some vices, just being clear. Coca-Cola, maybe a Pepsi, yes, maybe, maybe a different <laughs> cola, but not, cola. Yes. yes, okay, understood. Oh my gosh, So wow. is this, this self-doubt is rooted in, is it humility, is it modesty, is it that conflict? Like I say, your persona as Miss Charles, or Tanika Charles even, mm-hmm. is bold, it's confident, I think. It's vulnerable, but it's bold and confident, which might be a far cry from maybe who you really feel like. You don't feel, it doesn't sound like you feel in your everyday life you're more Clark Kent than Superman, let's say. Okay, I like that. You know like what I that. mean? You, yeah. You're more of a subdued person. And and that tension between who you really are and this persona is giving you imposter syndrome. Who am I? What am I doing? Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> that's can't. That's what it is. I can't, that's the best explanation, yes. Okay, but your career is so young that, and you're still getting used to being a public person, I would think. Yeah. So that's maybe where you're at. With this. Perhaps. You're still processing what it is you're doing. Yeah. And I don't know, the most communication I have is with, because like, I don't leave my house. You know, if, if I'm on tour, I will I hang out with the guys and I will talk to whoever, you know, interviews, any interviews that need to happen that day. Yeah. Um, I will try to communicate with the crowd and then I hide mm. because I will just... I'll go back into the hotel room and I will just sit and try to figure out like, oh my gosh, I made this mistake. I did that mistake. What can I do better? And it's just, it's this this hmm. pattern of just, again, self-doubt and why am I doing this? And I don't feel, what am I doing? So it's the opposite of letting go. You haven't let go. I, I have not let go. Hmm. And well, I'm trying. So what are the tactics? Are you still drinking? No. Okay. So what tactics are you trying to employ let go. Interestingly, like this album is called the Gumption. Yes, and which is a term for nerviness. Hey, in this on the record, uh, you are suggesting, in terms of a lyric, it seems to me that you're addressing the Gumption to a, a male figure. Like, how do you have the Gumption to do what you do and sure. treat me this way or yep. what, what have you? But then, in this context, I'm now realizing, perhaps it's also an allusion to you. Yeah, and the fact that you are becoming aware of the gumption it takes yes. to be you. My goodness. <laughs> I might have to steal that from you because that's exactly it. That's it. That's where you're you're struggling. It's not simply, because there's a lot of Love Gone Wrong songs here. Always. And a lot of um, confronting people about their your relationship with them or how they're treating you. Mm-hmm. But this seems to be about you too. Yeah. So you're you're addressing yourself a lot more on this record, maybe. D- definitely. Okay. Um, it, you know, it's growth, mm. it's assuredness, I guess. You know, I feel a little bit stronger from Soul Run, which you know I was in this relationship, but I'd done all these things to make this other person happy, and now I'm just like, you know what? I need to actually make myself happy. I don't know how, mm. um, but I'm going to start with 
addressing situations that may potentially be uncomfortable for myself to even, you know, like if someone's hurting me, I'm going to talk to you about it instead of hiding in a shell, writing about it and then singing about it. I'm going to tell you like, this is some bullshit, you know? Um, So yeah, I think the best way to describe this album is, is growth. Growth for you. Yeah. Okay. And that, that's not simply. Communication. Sorry. Learning to communicate? Yeah. Just, just at a different, more mature level. Do you, um, I've never asked anyone this before. But just given the context of what we're dis- we're discussing, do you journal? Do you do you write what your feelings down? Do you do you have is there therapy in your life? What's going on where you? Because this when you talk about communication and and the gumption and coming to these realizations, I'm hearing that that needs to happen <laughs> if it's not happening already. Just an articulation of how you're feeling, right? Beyond being a songwriter, does that happen? Not as often as it should. Hmm. I'm finding that. That, that takes gumption. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, it really does. It, it takes, does. It you're takes like... gumption to reach the point where you're like, I got to articulate how I'm feeling. Right. Uh, to feel better about myself. Yes. Uh, my thing now is uh, I don't send the email to the person that's bothering me. I write the draft of the email and then I just don't send it. Yeah. And it has the same effect. Right. Almost. Yes. Almost. It's not quite the same thing writing a journal or, or keeping things to yourself because you're still... It's in you, but yep. at least you've expressed it. And I find once I finish the draft, I'm okay. Just put it away. Well, at least yes. I've communicated how I feel for myself. And if it doesn't seem like it would be constructive to send, it stays in the draft folder. Right. So I'm wondering if you have some mechanism like that. The only thing that I'm working with these days is meditation and the power of positive thinking. <laughs> and occasionally I'll write something down. Right. But I, uh, I'm also not very, I don't have a lot of discipline. Hmm. So you're very hard on yourself. Uh, I feel like. exactly. Yeah, and this is another thing that I'm like trying to work on. Like Tanika, it's okay to be you in your skin. Well, where do you think that comes from? Where do you think that sense of doubt, but also, it's not self-loathing. It's like a you're checking yourself. Where, mm-hmm. where does that come from? Do you know? No, and I'm thinking maybe therapy might be something that could help. I feel like everybody's doing it, so why not give it a shot? Oh, I've I've had to go, and uh, I don't want to. You know, this is we're getting into personal terrain here, yeah. but you started it. I'm, I, sorry. I'm just following your lead here, but I I do think it's very helpful. It's one of those things that I feel like the stigma is slowly melting away, mm. and people are talking about it more. Yes, and and what people are actually saying is, go. Like, I went, Always. you should go, you'll feel better about yourself. And that's what yeah. you're after. And I feel like you seem like a candidate for that. Well, because, yes, that's, I guess that's just it. I've always kind of self-medicated in a way. There's been a lot of traumatic situations that have happened in my life that I don't really talk about, that I'm not not sure if I'm ready to discuss. Okay. Eventually, I'm sure it'll come out in the music or maybe I'll write a memoir of some sort. Well, that's I where I know. was... I, I, I wondered if it comes out in the music. I'm hearing bits of it. Yeah. And, you know, it's... Writing about love and vindication and vulnerability and all of those issues, I don't mind. But there's just so much more that I have to talk about. And I'm afraid because then it kind of reveals people that don't need to be talked about in a negative way. And it's not that it's negative. It's just it's therapy for me. The subjects of your song will be revealed. Is that what you mean? Yeah. You know how Taylor Swift writes about everybody. Like a lot of these songs were written, but there's somebody in mind, you know. Would the person know? Maybe. Right. Maybe. So in a weird way. You're writing a song about someone is like a an email draft. Yes. <laughs> you didn't hit send. They didn't get it directly. Yep. But you've got it out of your system, and now it's kind of if they got into your email, maybe they'd see it. But yep. I'm just this analogy isn't quite working the way I wanted to. <laughs> but that draft of like I said what I want to say, because a song is weirdly a one way conversation right. that is received by hundreds of thousands of people. Yes. Who may not know what the context is, but they can relate. Right. Yeah. So. In a weird way, well, not in a weird way. I mean, I do think people express themselves in their art to get something off their mind, off their chest. Yours, your practice right now seems deeply personal, right? Yeah. Like you're writing about universal 
subjects on some level, love and relationships, communication, but this is something you need to do for yourself. Mm, I 100%. Okay. Absolutely. But are you getting, is there the reception to the songs such that people are like, I relate to what you're saying? Like, are you getting that from people? Not yet. No. Yeah, it's it's so brand new. It's still fresh and, you know. Um, well, even on Soul Run, I mean. like or Oh, you... Soul Run was, I would get messages yeah. often. Like, I understand, I get it, and I would be, I would, I would get emails of mostly women kind of like, this is what's happening to me, and this song helped me through this situation, mm. which is really beautiful, and I'm so thankful. I don't know how to respond because I'm just like, oh my gosh, thank you for listening, you know? Um you don't know how to respond because you don't normally communicate such things with people, it sounds like. Well, I just say thank you. Thank you so much. Right. That's awesome. And I'm so happy that you're listening to the music. Like, it's so impersonal. I hate that. What I want is to tell them you have made my day and everything is beautiful and you're so wonderful. And it's too much, you know? You, you have a thing, I think, with vulnerability. I don't think you really want to reveal who you really are to anyone on some level. You stay in the house. Yeah. <laughs> It's you're, true. You're a homebody on some level. And then Miss Charles was this weird extension of you. Yeah. That is gone. I had to because I was becoming an alcoholic. Right. <laughs> I had to. I was. Right. I mean, not a. I felt that way. I just thought, like, I cannot continue in this manner. And if I have to perform for my family like this, yeah. I can't. Well, you're in your lingerie first. Of I all. mean, that is a bit awkward. Like, yeah, okay, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> but you're getting these personal messages, so obviously your music is resonating with people. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel that something so personal to you is actually resonating with people? Like, you write thanks; it means a lot. But really, like deep it down, really means a lot. Okay, like it's. Does it alter you? Does it alter your your perception of yourself as being someone who is? a loner on some level like you're getting this connection from people and they are relating to what you're saying I I can't imagine that must be gratifying on one level of course sure but I wonder if personality wise it makes you feel a little less isolated a little less alienated Mm. I don't I I really don't know how to answer that like I guess some days I'm just like this is so great thank you so much I feel like thank you and I've got energy and life is good but a lot of the time I cannot I don't respond to compliments very well. I don't either. Sometimes I, I, I feel like someone once said to me, hey, that was pretty good, and I said sorry. Yeah, like... Like a Canadian. Like a Canadian. <laughs> you know? Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, I just said it was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry I said sorry. I feel really badly about that now. Uh, Story of my life. Yeah, it's just... Maybe it's a cultural thing. I mean, perhaps. Did you find that your you mentioned your father was like he had his what was Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The rum and coke? Yep. Had, a rum had his rum and coke, had his music, knew all about the music. Certain confidence there. Yeah. And maybe is that cultural? Is that something from Trinidad Tobago? Is that I something? Don't know. I I, I has I that don't been? Know. Has that's that, been my whole life. I wonder if that's been sort of, to use a snow analogy, shoveled out of you. Maybe you you need that cultural confidence you don't have maybe. because the Canadianness. You seem very Canadian. I am so Canadian. In your modesty, and yet, and we are also very talented. Some of us, you know, you're a very talented person. Everyone can see oh. it. Thanks. Right? Like, we see it when you play. We see it when you hear, we hear your records. There's no reason for you to be down on yourself. Absolutely none. But your Canadian passport <laughs> is keeping you down. Maybe. You know, I remember I, I my mom is in Trinidad right now. And I went, sorry, getting 
emotional because I oh I cry for everything. You do everything about your just your mom being away. What no, you, no, everything oh. just makes me cry. Oh, so I'm when sorry. you were just saying like talented, I'm like, oh my god. So <laughs> that's like. Yeah, I will refrain from complimenting you <laughs> no. any further. At least you didn't apologize. That's my Achilles here. Oh man! <laughs> um, but your mom's in. My mom's in Trinidad. Yeah, and I started, you know, visiting. Uh, I tried to visit once a year, and I remember. This is going back to you saying like maybe you need some more like some culture. And... I'm just speculating. I am not a psychologist, by the way. No, this but... does not count as therapy. Okay. I'm just trying to help as <laughs> much as I can. Working actually. Good. 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 So I went out for Carnival for the very first time. Oh, yeah. And it was, I, I, I'd planned on staying in Trinidad for a couple weeks, and a couple weeks ended up being two months. Oh, wow. And I just lived there. And I was like, this is, this is my culture. This is who I am. I am Trinity Bone. And I was just like, <laughs> I came back uh, to, to Canada and... Everything was like, oh, are you? Do you listen to Soka? Oh, you don't listen to Soka? Well, then we can't be friends. Like it was, I changed my whole, the whole perception of myself. I was like, this is who I am. Didn't last very long, but right. you know, there's there's a little bit of, there's some there's something in there. Well, I I want to. This may lead well into the a question about the sounds that you are uh, immersed in in terms of your music, mm-hmm. because. On the one hand, I can feel you tapping into a tradition of soul music, but there's also something very contemporary about what you're doing, which is unique. Um, and and so I'm curious about your relationship to the tradition of soul music, so to speak, because there has been a real renaissance in this type of music over the last, I want to say, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, for me, I noticed a shift with Sharon Jones. I noticed a shift with... Charles Bradley, there's just seemed to be stuff coming up that spoke to this kind of music. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what your relationship is with the tradition of this music and what you feel you and your, you have some great producers that you work with, obviously. What are you doing to soul music? What are you doing to this music, do you think, yourself with your sound to make Wh- it contemporary? So, okay, I was not, I, I really don't know uh, Sharon Jones, her do you, bring, do you bring this up because uh, is this a comparison you face ever? No. You, no, you no, don't. No, no, no. Okay, okay. The comparisons that I usually get are like, well, from Solon, it was Betty Wright or Alice Russell. Right. Um, and with this new this new album, because it's a little more guitar driven, which was intentional. Yeah. Um, still like the, the soul sound, but just a little bit more. I wanted to implement a little bit of rock. Um, Why? Less horns. Honestly? Yeah. Honestly? I want to know. I tour with four guys. Uh-huh. Two guitars, bass, drums. Oh. In Europe, the kind of like the, not I don't know if it's big band, but the three horn setup, the two backing singers, the the keys, the, the whole presentation, I don't have that. But you would expect me to have that on stage based on the music that you hear. Right can't afford that right 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 right. <laughs> so it's practicality uh, yes exactly right like i'm bringing myself four guys and a manager overseas to perform and i have to make it work mm-hmm. and so this is this is what i do so this album you know i found when i was over there performing soul run songs a lot of people are like wow this sounds really great it doesn't sound a lot like the album but i kind of like this did you mention a keyboard player I did not mention a keyboard. So player. you don't have keyboards. I don't have keys. I didn't. I don't have keys, but right. I'm bringing keys on now. Okay. Because it is essential. I was wondering. Yes. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm okay without horns. I'm okay without backing singers. What I'm look. What I have now are a couple elements that sing. So there's a couple of members that sing and play. Right. It's financially the best way no, to go. That, that makes sense, and uh, but it also, that limitation, I th- would think, alters your musical approach as it, well. Yes, it does. Because So wh- where I'm coming from with some of this is every once in a while on the new record, s- there will be a guitar part, and I didn't go and check the sample, the samples on his records, um, and so I don't know who the source material is, but every once in a while I think of Dr. Dre. His production. There's okay. just like guitar parts where I'm like, oh, this reminds me of something from Chronic 2001. Right. And and that put me in an interesting frame of mind um, in terms of how 
the rhythm and the overall textures of your record relate to hip hop culture mm-hmm. and and modern contemporary R and B, and that's where I was coming from with my question. Right. So when I, okay, so when, I'm going to take it back a little yes, bit. Yes, take it back. When the EP What 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 came out in 2010, the producers that I'd worked with were hip hop producers like Rich Kid mm-hmm. and and um, the Gigs, and so what they did was they had hip hop but samples of old school, you know, tracks. Sure. So that whole influence came through these guys. Oh, okay. And when I would sing on on their beats, like, a few people were like, Tanika, you sound like a young Michael Jackson. You've got something going here. Interesting. Yeah, it was really... A young Michael Jackson. A young Michael Jackson. Hmm. It's because I was, I, I was hitting these notes that I clearly couldn't hit, so it sounded <laughs> like, you know, like a baby squeal. So... Um, they, uh, you know, my close group of friends were just like, you, I think we can, we can do something with this. Right. So it's like you've got hip hop, you've got uh, like a sample from I don't know, a Stevie Wonder song or the OJ's or I don't know, just the the music that they'd created made this kind of Motown soul sound, but with hip hop influences. Right. So, because the beat sounded so so, uh, I don't know, grainy. Yeah, gritty. I'm like, why don't we try to kind of clean it up a bit? Mm, mm. So then, this whole classic sound with a modern twist became what Tanika Charles' music was like. Okay. Um, and I'm certain I'm not answering your question because I'm I've lost no, my no, train you, of thought. No, you absolutely are. Yeah. I'm trying to well, I mean, you you took us back to a 2010 EP. Yes. I guess I'm trying to get us to the gumption. Okay. Uh, and and so, yeah, go ahead. Yep. So then we, 5 years later, <laughs> I'd work I'd had a manager. And I feel really bad cuz I'm not giving out any names or really any information, but I was on this label called Riot Rock, I think it was. You don't know the name of your label? <sighs> it was Riot Rock. Okay. <laughs> or rock, rock. I, I don't. I don't remember. know this label myself. I know a lot don't about leave. labels. Okay, all right. I get it. it. I get it. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, the manager and I had my manager and the owner of this label was, you know, yeah. kind of running my show. Sure. And he was a huge fan of the whole Tanika drunk on stage lingerie, this and this and that. Um, he loved the sound. He thought it was great. Uh, he wanted me to work with Morrissey from the UK. Uh-huh. Um, I know who Morrissey is. I know where he lives. Oh, okay, okay. Why did I you was... say Morrissey from the UK? Everyone because knows who Morrissey is. Does everybody know who I'm he is? I'm pretty sure. Well, I didn't know who oh, he you didn't. was. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. Uh, now, okay. I, I, I <laughs> okay. took your offense and I projected it back <laughs> exactly. at you. He's very famous. He's yeah. a very famous person. I know one song. I think it's uh, The More You Ignore Nor Me, me the, the Closer, closer I, I Get. get. That's, that's kind of That's his vibe. He's a bit of a creep. Totally. Yeah. And But I love that song. And he's like, Tanika, you and Morrissey would do amazing things. And I'm like, I'm not into this. Oh. He he wanted me to go down this path that wasn't the path that I wanted to go down. It Wait, had nothing sorry. to do with... Does he have a, did he have a connection to Morrissey that he thought... Sure. But oh. I wouldn't allow it. Well, why I at that time keep... were you... Offen- I, I mean, now most people are offended by Morrissey, but what yes. was going on... <laughs> What was going on at the time that you were like, no, I don't want to do that? Because at the time, he wanted me to wear, he I, he was kind of dictating my wardrobe. Oh. I wanted to stop being drunk on stage. And he's like, but that's 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 your whole thing. And I'm like, well, I don't want it anymore. Mm. I'll definitely put on clothes. That's not a problem. So the whole, you know, kind of that's, shift dresses and then. manager was coming from like an Amy Winehouse He was coming situation? from an old school. Uh, there was. I think Beyonce had a label many, many years ago with her dad, uh-huh. and he's coming kind of from that era where oh, you know okay. you tell the artist what to do and how to do it and blah 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 blah. And so I was like, no, no, I want to stick with this Motown feel. Yeah. And um, he's like, no, I think you should go this way. And I was like, no, but I want to work with this producer. So we were trying to figure out how to produce my next album, but it was more what he wanted to hear and not what I wanted to work on. Okay. So. When I finally found the producer that I wanted to work with, he wasn't happy about it. Uh, like with the Soul Run, there were a couple producers on yeah, there. Yeah. But he was just like, you know what, I, I, I'm not going to put money towards this. And I said, well, then I'm not going to, you're fired. Yeah. 
Right. What am I going to do with you? Right. And I don't care if you have a sunset clause. I, you, you, you are not going to tell me what to create. Well, good for you. Thank you. Yeah. That's not easy to do. It, I was like, I could care less. This guy was driving me crazy. Sure. And I was just like, he was driving me to drink again. And I just didn't want any Yeah, no, that doesn't it. sound healthy. Yeah. No. Yeah. So fast forward to Soul Run. Um, found my producer, Slacka, the beat child. Yeah. And he absolutely, not only is he a spectacular producer, but he understood what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted to sound like this, but I wanted to be mixed like this. And... Um, it was just like a really great collaboration. And it's just something, you know, my influences for this album or for that album were like Mayor Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. Where does this door go? So he's still got that kind of soul feel. But, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, even Solange. Right. Um, Who is doing more an abstract version of these kinds of sounds. Exactly. Like, yeah, you wanted that. I, I, I yeah. yes. But with. The gumption, because I'm touring with these two heavy guitar players and, you know, I had to kind of make it work. Yeah. So when I am performing, it's like, okay, yeah, that sounds like the album. Right. And it's not... Closer kind to the of album. The, yes. It's not kind of like this strange adaptation of, of me trying to... It was just... It was me trying to make this big band sound, but just it wasn't quite getting there. So that is, sounds like... You know, for someone who's relatively young in this process, Mm -hmm. it sounds like you learned a lot from making Soul Run and were applying and probably touring behind it, too. Yeah. And that all informs the gumption. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's the sound of it. Is there anything you'd want to say about... We've talked about some of the themes, communication, relationships. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you feel people should sort of keep an ear out for like are you talking about other topics or things that you want to talk about yes there is a song on the album um called look at us now and it's a little bit more of a political song mostly for women and where we've where we were where we are today and um taking a stand and it's uh, that was an interesting song to write because i'm not comfortable again speaking on these issues for fear of insulting somebody you don't feel generally you you don't feel qualified to live your life on some small level or major level. I don't level. know what it is. You I don't know what ne- it is. The most comfortable you've ever been is putting a, a shirt on a mannequin, <laughs> and the rest of it you're just like I don't know how to how it's supposed to be done properly. Yeah, but you are holding yourself up to an invisible st- like an, it's not a real standard. You know. It's not like anything you do is something, and if it's there's no nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? Living your life. Yes, I mean obviously you could go to jail. You could do something wrong. Yes, I absolutely. There are rules and laws, but I'm saying there's nothing wrong with trying something. Right. And you just seem like I don't. You are perfectly capable of writing a political song. You are a citizen of. We've already established you're very Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's it's. I guess maybe. I have a friend who is very vocal. Uh-huh. I, very, right. like she is black power. And, Rash. And yes, also a musician. Also can't get a job. Can't get a job? Can't get a gig. Can't get a gig? Because of oh. some of the things that she says. Outspokenness. Yeah. And um, this is probably not the best thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I do this for a living. Mm. I just music is what I do. Yeah, and so I'm cautious, which really sucks because there's so much that I would like to say, but for fear, based on her, I don't know her track record. She's an amazing singer, but nobody's hiring her because she's just like, you know, f the world, f you, 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 and I'll tell you why. And it's all legit. It's all valid uh, valid yeah you know she makes so much sense and i actually wish that i was as strong as she was but i'm still getting work well okay <laughs> your song look at us now has nuance to it yes you you point us to what you where it came from what your intention was just now you're saying it was a political song but that's the real challenge of uh artistry is to take 
uh, I think that anger, mm-hmm. that outspokenness, and channel it into something that has some subtlety to it, some artfulness to it. And maybe that's where you're heading. You, you're, you're saying, I need to make money. This is my job. But your job is also, I would think, as a songwriter, to write something clever. Yes. And interesting. Yeah. So to it doesn't sound to me like you're someone who's interested in music that hits people over the head with its intention or meaning, right? Yeah. Just like a, just a, a delicate tickle. <laughs> <laughs> a delicate tickle. Just a little tickle. Like, you know, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I'm not unaware of what's happening in the world today. Yeah. There's a little something. But, like, I'm, I'm really trying to be safe. There's two things going on, though, here. One, there's a long history of artists uh, such as yourself, maybe even in your musical realm, who are outspoken. Mm-hmm. who make a point of singing songs like the one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then the other side of it is, you know, I'm not sure who your friend is, and you've been very careful about names and whatnot, but it seems to me these days that kind of outspokenness is rewarded more than it's faulted or whatever. Yeah, like, these days. Yeah. These days, I'm still stuck in those days, like where if you say too much, you know, you... Uh, there was, there was a, I think, had <laughs> a... Um, <laughs> A local Toronto radio station. A local Toronto radio station whispered had, off mic. <laughs> <laughs> they had a uh, like a, an award show, and they had indie top indie band, uh-huh. top pop song. You know the categories were all you know just generic, generic. Yeah, and I think it was R and B. There was like top R and B artist, and it was Tasha the Amazon, myself, uh, Claremont. The second. For R&B? For R&B. Okay. So they just kind of threw all the black people that they could that's find in the a, city. That's what they do. And so I tweeted about it because I was like, this is not even acceptable. Yeah. And I was like, why is it so hard for you to kind of like differentiate between the sounds? There's R&B. There is hip hop. There's there. You could have broken this down because you've just kind of thrown us all into one category and I don't think it's appropriate. Well, that station... As far as I know, uh, and a lot of stations in Toronto um, only hire white people I mean. to do things. And so those white people do, don't know that. If you're not, we've, you know, we talk about this, as a culture, we're starting to talk about these things all the time. Yep. If you don't see yourself in a leadership position in any organization, you're probably not going to be reflected by that organization. Mm-hmm. Someone like you isn't there. So I'm not surprised that that radio station would do such a thing. Um, I'm not surprised either, but I was so choked. I'm like, this is some bullshit. So I sent out a tweet and I kind of clarified, like, you guys got to switch something up because this is unacceptable. And I explained why. Yeah, I've expressed that to them too. Yes. And I was like, (laughs) I'll wait. I will wait for a response. And nothing. So that was the most that I'd actually spoken out about anything. Right. And um, not that it's hindered any any kind of future performance from you know I'm still getting shows but I've just watched my my friend you know she will not stop speaking about whatever the topic is at hand well that will but she's likely, just not working right but that will likely pay off for them somewhere down the line I really hope so because yeah I really hope so does, um, you, does your friend articulate these same thoughts in their music as much yeah okay yeah so yeah. you're, but hmm. again, like in a in a kind of. No, actually, she will s- slap you on the face with it. Like it's right in there. Right. So yeah. that's potentially um, another reason. Well, you know, sometimes people don't go to music for that stuff. Mm. I do. Like I, I, I like hearing that stuff in, like, articulated in music. I like hearing the real world articulated in music. Um, but it doesn't always happen that way. It's not natural for some people. Even yeah. like you've been talking about it, you have a slight identity crisis as yourself. Yeah. Um, as an artist, as a person, so it's it's not a it's a common conflict, is what I'm saying. Mm. But I do feel like you've really um, asserted yourself on the records you've released, uh, and now like a conversation like this, I'm starting to feel like I know where you're coming from, and it's actually going to probably change how I listen to the records a little bit because I think of you as very confident and very sure of yourself. Uh, at the same time, you you do sing a lot about pain. Usually, it seems to be couched in kind of classic motifs of romantic pain, I guess. Yeah. But are you happy right now, by the way? Yeah. 
relationship wise? Are you? Yeah, totally. You're good. I, I'm so good. Okay, yeah. I'm just checking in now. Yes. As we wrap up, I just want yes. to check in and make sure you're okay. Normally, yeah. most people would say, "Hey, how are you doing?" Right at the beginning. Yeah. I wait till the end. Yeah. No, I'm really. I'm great. <laughs> okay. Um, the album is being well received. It's lovely. It's 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 really nice to actually create. Uh, something new and yeah. it didn't take five years and it was you know it was a bit difficult doing it because I was on tour yeah uh, the whole time it was being written yeah so it was those moments where I was home and uh, you know that I had an opportunity to like write and create and blah 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 but yeah I'm good okay I just yeah. I just want to make sure you seem good I am you seem like I'm you're in a good place I'm really brutally honest and I'm I'm very aware like okay and I'm often told like Tanika, you have to be a little bit more positive. I'm like, I am. I'm 100% positive, but this is me. This is how I, this is me. I think being authentic is part of being positive. Thank you. Even if it's not the standard kind of positive, I think <laughs> that's a good thing to, it's more healthy to be authentic. Yeah. I would think than to pretend you're someone you're not in any capacity. For um, sure. So uh, speaking of touring, like what's coming up for you? Are you going to be touring hard behind this record? Yes. So (laughs) I'm very excited because, well, we've got, you know, a couple videos and whatnot coming out. But um, I'm heading to Toulouse for the Rio Loco Festival in June. Okay. And then we've got uh, an extensive festival, uh, festival, an extensive tour planned for the fall. Okay. And so right now I'm kind of just like trying to, you know, work out and get healthy because <laughs> these stages are massive and uh, running back and forth, you can get you get tired. Oh, absolutely. You're yeah. a very physical performer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you got to get in shape. Okay. Definitely. That's coming up. Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, and of course the album, May 10th. The album is, yes, the new album, The Gumption, out May 10th. Are you already working towards new songs? Are you already writing? Okay, so Yes. That's all you can say? <laughs> what does that mean? Like, all I'm asking is... Yes. <laughs> you're, you're, you're working towards a new record. I'm working on... Definitely, yes. Okay. You know what? I'm excited because... <laughs> yes, I'm excited because songwriting is terrifying. But We because, didn't even get into that. No, you we went didn't. from walking down the street singing with your friend to actually... You compose your own songs, right? Yeah, well, I collab with... You collab. With, but, but there yeah. are a couple songs where I was like, oh my gosh, this just it just came to me. Um, That's a good feeling. Oh, it was the best. When it, it happens effortlessly. Yeah. yeah. There is a producer on The Gumption. His name is Kevin Henkel, and he produced uh, three songs. And those three songs were just, it's like the music connected, or I connected with the music so much. And I remember washing dishes, and I'm singing a harmony, and I've come up with lyrics and finished a song. I think all three of his songs wrote, written, recorded in a day. Wow. Like three days. Wow. So I'd heard, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. Wait, that's since the record's been out? No, that's no, the songs to, on the record. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. prior to. But are you working at that prodigious pace now? Yes. You're so writing a lot. And, he, yeah. and, and feeling a little bit more comfortable about it as good. well. That's good. With this producer. Okay. Yeah. So he's got, uh, he's sent, um, you know, another folder of songs. And I'm like, oh, I'll take that one. I take that one. This is how that's going to go. Like, what do you mean tracks? Like yes. instrumental tracks? Yes, he and then, he writes everything okay, himself. Okay. So um, instrumental then, tracks. And then so you'll craft vocals around that. Absolutely. Okay. So that's already happening. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. And so will we hear those live at this point, or on this upcoming May, tour? Or are you going to sit on them? I'm gonna I'm gonna release them for the holidays. I get where this is going okay. now. <laughs> I get where this is going. That's great. That's Thank awesome. You. Cool. Okay. So it might be seasonal. Yes. Seasonal music. <laughs> Might have a theme of some kind related to a certain holiday. Okay. Yeah. I am picking up on what you're dropping down, and I think I got it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Amazing. I, I want to go out on a song from The Gumption, and I'm wondering if you can pick one. Yes. Anything you want. Tell me something. Tell me something. Now, why? why that's the first song. Mm-hmm. Why? It's just because that's the way it introduces. That's the first song that was ever written for this album. Okay. You feel like so. yes, it was you feel song. like that's a nice representation of what we've been talking about, perhaps because yes. you've told me something. I've told you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> was it too much? Do you feel okay about what you told me? I feel me? totally fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to say about tell me something beyond what we've just said? No, I think you'll get you'll 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 understand when you hear it. Okay. This is "Tell Me Something" by Tanika Charles from the new album, The Gumption. Tanika, this was 
really enjoyable for me. I thank you for being on this show, and I wish you the best of luck with everything going thank forward. Thank you so much. I really had a good time. Very special thanks to Danica Charles for appearing on this, the 478th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network, and it's available on everything, all iOS and Android platforms, Spotify, YouTube, Audio Boom. It's all over the place. If you'd like to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletters and uh, look up old, old episodes of the show that maybe you can't find on any of those platforms I mentioned, please visit my website, vishkana.com. Com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Vish Creative, or follow me directly at Vish Khanna. You can also listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit Patreon.com slash Creative Control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. Thank you for doing that, and please... If you haven't done it already, think about doing that. The show could use your help, your financial support. So thank you. Patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks again to Pizza Trocadero, the bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks to Jim Guthrie for letting me use the instrumental version of The Rest is Yet to Come to end this show each and every week. Learn more about him at jimguthrie.org. And last but not least, you, always you, thank you for listening to this episode and other episodes and for subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to check it out. Uh, It means the world, and it's the only thing really keeping this show going is you telling your friends about it. So please, 
talk about the show with your friends if you like it and tell them it's good. <laughs> if, you, if you think it's good, don't lie. God, if you don't like it, don't spread the word about it in that way. Anyway, I'm sure you like it just fine. You, you're listening up to now, to the end of the episode. You must like it okay. Thank you very much for liking the show and for listening to it, and I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now. Powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind the scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.